another episode of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am Mike. I am Anthony. And we are now post-Halloween. Yes. We are into the holiday season. Was the last episode before Halloween? Yeah, technically. It was the day before. It was. Yeah. I felt like... and Tuesday I'm their release, right? Yeah. I'm not sure if you feel the same way as I do. I felt like everything was more Halloween leading up to Halloween than the oh, actual yeah, yeah. day of Halloween. I didn't see, dude, we have one kid, I think, come to the house trick-or-treating. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's 2018. No one's trick-or-treating anymore. That's wild, though. It's such like a popular thing. Or maybe it's just like in our age group, it's yeah. a very popular thing. Yeah, I, I love... Um, I, lo- I, I, I would still trick-or-treat if I could. Me too. Yeah. I would love it. I don't... I just Can get we? crotch blowouts now on my pants. Yeah, sorry, man. You're going to have to sew that up now. Yeah, and I did it on a rooftop. <laughs> I was filming a video, and I heard... I was filming, like, laying on my back, and we heard... Oh, oh you heard the rip happen. I heard the rip happen. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. At least it wasn't too cold today. No, yeah. Yesterday, I went on a rooftop. When it was raining, it was pretty cold. Oh, wait. Did you have the rip yesterday? It happened yesterday on the rooftop. Oh, the man. rooftop in New York City. <laughs> so, Anthony... Uh, now that like Halloween's over, what the fuck do we look forward to next Halloween or like Christmas? Suspiria? <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. I want to see it. Well, it's out. Is it out? You could see it. Is it out right now? Yeah, it's out in New York. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't. But yeah, I don't think I could see it like down the block. No, yet. you can. Is it? I think you can. No way. Yeah. Fake. No, I think it's like released in New York and L.A. Yeah, but I think select theaters in New York. I'm gonna look this up because I w- I would want to go. I I have heard mixed things but everything that i have heard has said that it shouldn't have been made <laughs> uh, well not that it shouldn't have been made but like the original did a lot of things better this and that but yeah i'm i'm a i i happen to like the original and i'm a big fan of the director's last two movies so i i might be biased <laughs> i i have heard it called bloated oh really yeah oh I, I still want to check it out and then i saw halloween again oh was, yeah which is how was it in the like the second time seeing it, better than the first. You think so? Better than the first. It, if I, if I, if you hated Halloween the first time, I would see it again. Everybody, that's how much more liked. I've been seeing a lot of people saying that they hated it, and then I've been seeing people be like, "Oh no, it's actually like better than a lot of the other uh, sequels that are that it's have been twist. released." It's the twist that everyone hates. Everyone hates the twist. I, you know, after like thinking about it, looking back, I wish they would have just made that doctor like a new Loomis. Like where he would be like in all the movies. Yeah, I um, I think the only thing that didn't need to do was him putting on the mask. I would have taken that away. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Yeah, I would I wouldn't have done that. And then um, you could probably tell maybe it was supposed to happen in the second movie that they were doing. Oh yeah, it was maybe it was supposed, supposed to be two yeah. movies. Yeah, maybe you could tell. Maybe that's a thing. So maybe we would have a little bit more an investment in that character. That's yeah. fine. But I liked it way more the second time. I liked the first time a lot. I liked it way more. I do. I, w- I would see it a third time. Did honestly. they confirm a sequel yet? I think it's happening. I think. I think there's um, no reason for it. I. I don't. I don't want one, but I think it's intended to have one, and I'm not going to hate on it if they do another one. I just don't know what they're going to call it. Halloween three. Three. Yeah. Or Halloween 2020. Whenever. They could call Halloween three. They could. They could call it. They, I would, it would be cool. What if they don't call it Halloween? What do they call it something else? Like you know what I mean? Like what if it's like a hall like um something something Halloween 
like something. It or, could just be like the revenge of Michael Myers. Or <laughs> the return of Michael and Myers. And then do a part four. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. But I, I think you're right. We talked on the podcast about the um the woman that gets stabbed in the throat is the same actress that calls in two. I think that is, I think you're no, right. No, it's not. Oh, you're right? Okay. No, it looked no, a lot like her. Yeah, it, it did, looked, right? It looked so much like her. I don't think it, it looked like you're older yeah, for sure. I don't know. I didn't look it up. I I I don't know. But uh Yeah, sorry. Other than that, Nothing I like really can't to. think yeah of anything else to look forward to. Uh UFC thirty happened. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. My camera came in. Uh Oh crap! Yeah, I can't do Friday. I, I just remembered I'm busy Friday. Just, oh, just 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 out loud. I said before this podcast, I said it was free Friday, but I'm not free Friday. <laughs> I have work. <laughs> oh no, Montauk. Baby. So Anthony, this week we finally did a movie that you wanted to do. Well, no, I'm always open to do movies. I just is a movie that I, I think we've all everyone that listens to this podcast or is involved with our friendships and horror movies have seen. And our last podcast was very anchored around our opening theme of the podcast was open with a line from this movie. Yeah. Well, yes. this actually is one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. I'm wearing a shirt right now. Yeah, you wear that shirt. Dude, I've, had, I've had this shirt forever, but I can only really wear it in the fall because on the back it says you shoot to kill or you don't shoot at all. Yeah, I try not to wear that. It's it's kind of a hot topic right now. I would opt not to have the shirt. I would opt to like not have anything on the back of the shirt. Yeah, give me a blank yeah, back. Yeah, but the front of it, awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's the cover art, like the yeah. uh, original cover art. It's really cool. Yeah. I also have the, uh, I also have the original score. You do there over it is. here. It, this is a beautiful piece of artwork right here. That's it. That that, that was it. This thing is, uh, I've had this for quite a while, but uh, this was probably the first piece of like horror memorabilia, I guess you could say, that I spent like a lot of money on. How much was this? Uh, it was a lot. 200? Nah, not that much. 100? I mean, yeah, yeah. a little bit more than 150? that. 150? Yeah. It's original though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's real. So why not? Yeah. It's, it. a, it's a low print. So I was like, ah, you know what? Fuck it. I love this movie. Yeah. You love, I remember when we first kind of started hanging out, like Phantasm was a big point. Yeah. That, that you made me watch it. I like I like Phantasm. I think um I think I think that it's one of those horror movies that I feel and you could say if I'm wrong at this, I kind of feel like it's one of those movies where people that like people say they like it. It's like Converge. Like people yeah. that say they like Converge, like really likes Converge and you're also kind of cool if you like Converge, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's I don't got, know is that a thing anymore. I, well, that was a thing when we were younger. Was yeah. that? And if I think like, a, if you had a Jane Doe hoodie, you were cool as fuck. I feel like Phantasm is a lot of things for the underground and like independent kind of horror community, and also people that are like into bloated, like slashers and like yeah. the purge and stuff. I feel like everyone's influenced from the spectrum of Phantasm. Like, yeah, for, like you know what I mean. It's one of those movies where it's like not a like I wouldn't say every director in the world has seen the Beyond. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like every horror movie director has seen Phantasm. You yeah. Know? You know what's funny? Like, if I asked my parents, oh, have you ever seen this movie? They would say no. Yeah. That's what I mean. No. So, this, it made a decent amount of money. It did. And it came out when uh, my mom graduated high school in 1978. Yeah. So, this came out in 79. So, she would be old enough to go see this in the theaters, and yeah. it made a decent amount of money. But I feel like, you know, I've never heard. Anybody that's of that age group talk about it. 
I agree. I, that's what I mean. I feel like I've only heard like horror movie directors and like people that are in horror movies like it, talk about it. It grew like a real cult following. Yeah, it's got a cult following. But also, I feel like it's um was like the cool like lower, like not like a big bloated. Yeah, over, like it's 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 not like a high end movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I first saw this on TV as a kid. Insane. Well, yeah, it's the first time I saw it was on Monsters AT. And um. For some reason, I really like it. Can I connected with it? I guess. Yeah, you always and liked it. I've a lot. heard. I guess it was. It might have been Angus Scrim that said the man, the man, the guy who played the tall man. Yeah. Said that like the movie relates to like ten to thirteen year old boys, and I probably was in that age group yeah. when I saw this. So like I, I guess you could say it spoke to me. You it know? spoke to me. Not that I can relate to most of this, but yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Was this? So, like, I wonder if this really gained more traction once it was being played on cable TV and, like, late-night movie things. I would assume. I read somewhere that a lot of these horror movies that mean you like now are, like, not even just mean you, like, Friday the 13th, all, a lot of those, like, like the screams are all, all getting super popular into or staying relevant because of the airtime it gets on like TV more so now streaming service yeah, but when we were TNT you're introducing it yeah. to like a new generation because it's on TV yeah i feel i feel like every streaming service just has the shining built into it <laughs> like like if you yeah. like, that's what i mean i feel like you know these are like i i'm more intrigued to see when we get older older than we are now and seeing what movies from what like, like stand the test like, of time like what movie from 2008 is going to be like in like like in like embedded in a streaming service, like yeah. The Shining, yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe the remake of Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the from 07, yeah. right? Tra- was yeah. that 07? It was a s- or 04? S- oh, f- I, I think it was 04. Might, might I can't remember if I was in high school or not. I think I was for sure in high school. I remember watching it. I'm trying, maybe, maybe I think I, it's funny. I think Shaun of the Dead, like, yeah, that, well, that that movie, you know what it is when you're making a real horror comedy and yeah. it works. People are much more likely to accept it, yeah, because you're not trying to infringe on like their little on like the subculture. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're trying to you're not trying to make a real zombie movie. You're not yeah. trying to make a real slasher film. It was a comedy and zombie movie together. Yeah, like it immediately was. You yeah. knew that they were, you know, this was lighthearted. That it wasn't a serious movie. Do you want to feel very old for a second? Yes, I think that movie came out in two thousand three, two thousand four, but on the DVD. In it, they have a they have the whole um, um, walkthrough of the screen, They're like kind of like the shot list and everything, yeah. and they're going through the storyboards. And I think it, I could be wrong. Um, I think it was August two thousand and one. What from when that video was when they were like starting like pre production. So it happened pre nine eleven. So that wow. like I could be wrong. I remember watching like, this was two thousand and one <laughs> when they were getting everything together, and he says, "Oh, he was like chubby. He's, yeah. like, I'll be thinner by this yeah. point." And I I kind of think that like I did, I don't know why that sticks out. I feel like Shaun of the Dead will be very popular like twenty years from now. Yeah. Oh, but of course. It's, well, it's yeah. like a you know like a Blazing Saddles or something like yeah. that, like a a Gene Wilder type I movie. I fucking love that. It's one yeah. of my favorite horror. I, I categorize it horror. It's horror comedy. It's, yeah. And what's weird about this movie that we watch, Phantasm, is that it's not a perfect film. No, right? no. it's not. It's not crazy, um, it does innovative a, or whatever, but it's got a mystique to it. Yeah, but it's it, there's got, so, yeah, there's something about it that like really made it name. last. It's the name. It's the name. <laughs> it's Phantasm, the, a ghost or spirit, whatever yeah. it is, right? 
I think they say it in the trailer, actually. Yeah. But it's not in the opening credits of the movie. The funeral's about to begin. Yeah, they would have did that with, like, like in Nightmare on Elm Street. They would put the quote in the beginning. Yeah. But, um... Yes, I remember that. (laughs) This movie was released on March 28th of 1979. That is... Halloween, right? Halloween 78. Sorry. Never mind. (laughs) Sorry. But, uh... This movie is, is really old now. Yeah, it's almost 40. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. 40 next, 40 and not too far from now. Yeah, a couple 39 months. 39 years old. But this was directed, written, and I guess you could say produced, but it's really technically produced by his dad, I guess, was listed because he fronted a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, Don, see now, is it Coscarelli or Casarelli? Coscarelli. Coscarelli. Yes. Well, he did everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, the music was by Fred Myro or Myro. I don't know how the fuck to say these names. Yeah, it doesn't know. matter. But I really, really, really like the soundtrack. Music's great. The music is really good, and I believe it um, adds to the movie that the whole feel of the film is because of the music. Yeah. In all the really tense and creepy shots, it's like that theme or a variation of that theme, and apparently the like synth budget or whatever they were using was really low and they said they could rarely duplicate the same sounds yeah so well it's funny i I think i I showed you that uh video i know it just goes with what i'm saying remember when i showed you that video of that guy from that band bleachers going through his whole setup yeah and he was doing the walkthrough and the guy was like he was doing the things on analog yeah he was says oh you'll never the sound i record will never ever ever be perfectly mimicked again yeah that's how analog you know it's it's very and especially if you don't have a big budget those memory programs they had back in the 70s and the lock features if you don't have a big budget for synth synthesizers and stuff like that like you're you're not going to be able to match yeah and that was an issue obviously yeah yeah Yeah. well he did a good job and it sounds very low budget but it's it adds to the film. The movie has a mystique. It's like a spooky soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I can fucking describe it. So spooky. But uh, this was filmed for an estimated $300,000. And I say estimated because they don't know. They didn't have any accountants or anything like that. So How much? $300,000. Oh, I, thought, I don't know why I heard $3,000 for a no, second. No, 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 no. But they didn't have any way of keeping track, and that's really just what they estimated it costs. Oh, wow. And it actually made $12 million. That's a Over pretty good, time? It just said, it said, you know, it made $12 million. That's what Wikipedia said. It's possible. No, well, that would be like box office and maybe, yeah, and maybe rentals. Rentals, rental, rentals. Yeah, because probably. this probably also became very big on the uh, tape market. Yeah. This this was released very early because I think there was a magnetic tape, uh, like the the first like real brand, I guess you could say. Magnetic. <laughs> um, and that would have been, I don't know, probably the early eighties. But anyway, uh, this movie starred Michael Baldwin, who played Mike. <laughs> who was not present in the second movie, but then came back after yeah. that. Uh, Bill Thornberry, who was Jody. Reggie Bannister, who played Reggie. Bannister. Who was has been in all five movies, because yeah. yes, there are five of them. And I don't Ang- think I've seen all And five. Angus Scrim, R.I.P., played the tall man. He was also in all of them. Mm-hmm. You didn't see all five? No. Which ones do you think you've seen? 
Phantasm One, Phantasm Two. That's it. Maybe. You've never gone beyond no, this. I don't think I've done. Oh yeah. man! All right. So I, I've I seen all of them. I own yeah. all of them. I haven't seen. I don't think I've. Seen I'm all very of them. well versed in the Phantasm universe. Yeah. This is the first movie that we've done so far. I've seen all the Darkmans. That's that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this is probably the first movie that we've done so far where I didn't have to look anybody's name up or anything. I knew them it. all coming in. <laughs> every, every single character. That's. That's good. Well, I don't. I just. I feel like I've watched this movie over and over again. Remember yeah. how you always say you used to fall asleep to like the Seinfeld thing? Yeah. I used to fall asleep to this DVD. I I, I fell asleep to Phantasm as well. Yeah, it's a very soothing yeah. intro music. You know, it's like a lullaby. I think it's like The Office and Seinfeld and random movies that I fall asleep to. That's yeah. That sounds about right. I think The Office is everybody. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen um, Bubba Hotep? The other movie that Don Coscarelli did. I think I think I must have. Bruce some. Campbell's in it. I think so. Yeah. It's like JFK's and like is like a black guy and yeah, like the. It's a weird. Movie. And they have to fight the mummy or whatever. He's like an Egyptian god of some sort. I think I've seen it. That's a pretty good one. You have to you have to see that if you didn't. Yeah. Uh, do you remember like the Masters of Horror series? Yes, I do. Did you see the one that he did? Uh, I what the hell was it called? Um. An incident on and off a mountain road, and it's like the whole thing with the serial killer, like Moonface. I think I, I once again, it was I think, like during the first, I think, season of it. That was it was a really good one. Ago. He also made another movie, John Dies at the End. You ever see that? <laughs> it's actually a really it's it's really good. Check that one out. It might actually be on Netflix or Amazon. It should be. Yeah, that's Amazon. A, you can find anything on Amazon though. Oh yeah, for sure. You can watch every movie on Amazon. But uh, I was like doing some reading on this and like read some interviews with him. And one of them said that he was inspired by invaders from Mars and Suspiria. So Suspiria just came out, you know, when he was making this. Yeah. And what he liked about that was there was no explanations. That things just ha- that yeah that things just happened. I love Suspiria. That, uh, that you just walked into this situation and that's all you're getting. There's a in Suspiria not just there's no just setup there's just there's no setup you're in and but there's also it's there's no setup and they kind of um with the familiar thing of just somebody being like think about this the what's besides the score you're someone in the like a foreign country or foreign place that don't you don't know anything yeah. about one terrifying thing, one thing well one thing I have to say is that as soon as the movie starts. It's like that lighting, that blue and red lighting, and it makes like a, a very tense, uncomfortable feeling. Like you always think something's gonna happen, the, no matter even in the the airport or or is it like a train? It station? was an airport. It's yeah. an airport. Right? I think she's she's coming from another country. Yeah, she, yeah. And the in the movie, the movie. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to describe. Suspiria is really good because of atmosphere and it just does. And there's things of, about it. It looks like it's a little ahead of its time as well. Yeah. No. It's definitely like. I guess you could say it's like an artsy type film. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It's really effective. Everything it does, it does well. And every part of it really just works. And like the sum of all those things just makes like a really great movie. And a very interesting movie. But um, what I found funny was most of the people in this movie and that worked on the movie were his friends and family. So like his mom did like the special effects and like some makeup and like his buddies like were the ones acting it's it's pretty funny and it's it's cool that like he brought him back for the like all these people yes. back for the yeah. other ones, so everybody pretty much, you know, they stuck together, which is a very cool thing to do. 
Um, he did not have a lot of money for this, obviously. So he filmed and edited this film. Do you know what this film though? Oh, it's fucking! <laughs> <laughs> what what are they doing on sixteen millimeter? I think so, yeah, or something like that, or thirty thirty millimeter, thirty. Probably. I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is. I'm not a I'm not a technical guy with that. I'm an audio guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, remember we were t- what other movie were we talking about them filming it on weekends? Oh, uh, it was. I think it was in the last one we just did. No, uh, no. Oh, Mad Men. Uh, Ma- was it Mad Men? Was what? it Mad Men? No, no. What do we do after Mad Men? Oh man. Uh the Wait, video dead. Video dead. That's okay. what it was. So this was like the same thing. They uh they filmed this movie on weekends and it took over about a year and sometimes they would have like twenty hour days just filming. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was really cool that everybody stuck with it to to see it through. And then he actually, you know, compiled all his footage and he edited a movie himself. Yeah. And apparently when it was test screened, it was way too fucking long. That that's that's always the thing. I feel like I feel like if 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 you're you're filming and editing it and it's your thing, you'll probably put. Oh, it needs that. He might not have enough people. He might not have enough people around him to say, "Oh, take this out, do this, change this, yeah, <laughs> make this shorter." Well, he said there was a lot more like exposition and like um you know character development. Yeah, but I would love to see a longer version of this movie because that's apparently the reason why it's kind of um you know kind of broken up. And like disjointed, like some things yeah. don't make sense and things don't, you know, they appear and then, you know, disappear, don't yeah. show up again. And it's because of all those cuts to make it significantly shorter. But I wish, you know, I wonder if there's a way for that to happen. Like, does somebody have that extra footage or is it gone forever? Oh, no, it's probably out there. I've just never heard of him ever saying that he was going to, you know, put it back in. But I would be definitely interested in seeing that. Yeah, it's probably out there somewhere. Um I did not know this, but it was supposed to take place in Oregon, Oregon, like Oregon. It was supposed to, or it is. We just don't know. No, it's 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 supposed to, but they f- they filmed it in California. Yeah, but the, it's supposed to take place in the Northwest. Okay, that I always I thought it was like California. I thought so too. I was because like the desert, like where the bar is, it looks like a desert almost. I just assumed it was California. Yeah, I don't know, but um. Also, uh, one thing that I find, well, I think that was a motorcycle. Yeah, I thought I thought someone's stomach was growling. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't know about this also, but it definitely makes sense and you could tell, is that they didn't really have a full script. It was no. kind of like, you know, bits and pieces, like a bare bones script, and it was a lot of improv. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess that'll work, but you could tell sometimes, you know, some of the lines, yeah. they're kind of iffy, but... Overall, the acting in this movie is pretty good. I liked it. Some of it's like outrageous, but <laughs> I really supposed to be. I think. Though. Yeah, I like the kid. I like Mike in this. <laughs> like he's a believable kid. Well, you were named after. Yeah. Him. Oh yeah, that's who I was named after. Yeah, eight years Mike. later. So, Anthony, are you ready to really start talking about this? Yes. All right, let's hit the music. <laughs> opens up uh with a shot of of a funeral home and this giant this is the biggest funeral home that you'll ever see in your whole life and apparently this building is from some james bond film oh it was um 
they used it for something else. Yes, I, I'll remember. If but I, it looks like a giant mansion. Like, it's if, really cool. If really I remember, cool. I'll shout out. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, go, but this go. was... Um, this funeral home is in Morningside Cemetery, and we see two people, like, comically having sex behind a, a tombstone. Um, he's pretty much still completely dressed, right? Like, his shoes are on, yeah. his pants are, like, completely up, and she's facing like the wrong way for this to really be i don't know it's like very it's very strange but um after this they show the uh like they're they start having sex and they show her she's like get naked and all that shit and she pulls out like this huge dagger and just stabs him that's like i what I find kind of strange about this, and they don't really explain it, is this woman in Lavender, the tall man. Thunderball. Oh, it was in Thunderball. That's what, that's what the internet says. Okay, yeah. Right. So was the lady in Lavender the tall man or like some sort of like other creature? Because like he keeps having sex with these people. It's maybe maybe another creature? Because sure. like then they like flash his face. Yeah. And I, I'm always like, oh, I wonder if that was like him it, doing it. Yeah, it's like, all right, dude, like you don't have to go all the way if you don't want to. He's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But they show the cemetery the next day, and we see Jody, who's like a younger. How old would you say he is? Like the older brother. The uh, mid twenties. I would. Is he twenty two, twenty three? No, he's got to be older than that. Twenty five. Yeah, maybe like mid twenties, and Reggie looks like he's probably like maybe ten years older than him. Yeah, so like like late thirties, early. Yeah, he's like balding on the top, but he's still got like the long hair. He's wearing uh. But they did uh, in the seventies. You've ever liked the, uh, it? Didn't matter, man. You can still rock it. Yeah, long you right, wear your hair. <laughs> but um, they're saying something to the effect of like, "Oh, I can't believe Tommy killed himself." So, for some reason, the police thought that this guy just went to the cemetery and, like, stabbed himself in the chest or whatever. Yeah. I'd say that, that makes sense, right? Yeah. But, um, and, you know, they're having, like, the small talk, and Jody's like, oh, like, I gotta go visit someone. And he's walking in the mausoleum, and he starts hearing these, like, weird, like, animal noises. What's with all these movies, like, with the fucking animal noises? Like, it always sounds Mad like... Man. Yeah, it always sounds like some sort of, like... Like monkey, it's all the, it's all the like same. Like angry track. monkey, yeah. It's probably like public. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's probably like public domain. What's the movie with the the monkey movie? Monkey shines. Monkey is it monkey shine? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With like the evil monkey in it. Yes. <laughs> great VHS cover, by the way. Yes. Terrible yes. movie. Great cover. So he walks over to a crypt and they kind of like close up on it and it shows the last name Pearson. So you. I don't know if they say it at this point, but it's implied that this is somebody related to him. But outside, there's like an outside shot of the cemetery now with a younger kid. He's probably what, maybe like 12, 13, right? Yeah. He's like a younger. I would say 12. Yeah, probably like a middle schooler. Yeah. Right? And he's riding a dirt bike through the cemetery, which I guess is okay. I don't know. I don't know. That's a terrible idea. And it now... Does it break down because of the tall man, or does it break down because it's just like broken? No, I, I think it because of the tall man, right? I don't know because he starts hearing noises around him, like the same noises that Mike was here, uh, that Jody was hearing yeah. in the crypt. 
I'm gonna warn you. I'm gonna mix up their names a lot. I, yeah, for some reason, I always mix it up. I don't know why. Mike's bike breaks down, and he starts hearing these animal noises, and he sees like this hooded figure run behind the tombstone, and it looks like a like a Jawa of some sort. But the funny thing is that these were made being made at the same time. Yeah. So it's really <laughs> just a coincidence that the. The Jawas that, were on set. Yeah, the Jawas look like the uh, like the dwarf yeah, the- slaves. But Jody's still hearing these sounds in the mausoleum. And as he's walking around, he's kind of like investigating. And he sees one of these little Jawa creatures like scurry across also. And he's startled by the tall man. And this is when he does the, the funeral's about to begin. Sir. Sir. Yeah, he says it so like awkwardly. The funeral's and, about to begin. And then he's like Sir. And then Jody goes, Oh, okay, sir. By, by the way, the sound in that uh, that that sound mixing is terrible. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I remember when I dropped that that line into the old podcast theme and I was like, Oh, like maybe you can find a better version. I, I try to rip the DVD. Oh wait, it sounds exactly the fucking same. Yeah, it's it's just fucking terrible. But uh what's really funny is the next scene, they're at the funeral, and for some reason, the theme—it's—it's it's a variation of the theme. Yeah, but it's supposed to sound like you know church organ music. Yeah, for a funeral, and for some reason, this is like very like ingrained in my brain. This music makes sense. I could pick this out out of like anything. I don't know what it is, but I—I I really like it. It's—it really is cool to me. Yeah, me too. But uh, Jody and Reggie are talking and they thought it was a good idea that Mike didn't go to the funeral because apparently he was having nightmare for weeks after uh, they had their parents' funeral. I yeah, like, I gotta I gotta turn the page. Turn the page, page my hand. hand. <laughs> turn the page, <laughs> page. So uh, Mike's actually watching the funeral from afar with binoculars, so he's spying on a funeral. And after the, the funeral's over, I thought this line was really funny. I think yeah. Reggie says it. Well, say goodbye to Tommy. Like, they just say, like, oh, that's that. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah. And um, they, I guess, go to leave. Um, Mike's still watching, like, the area with the casket and everything. And he sees the tall man pick up the casket with his hands and, like, just put it into the hearse. Now, later on, they say that this casket weighed what 500 pounds he's like oh i held it myself and they're already setting up that this guy's like a formidable foe yeah so he's got superhuman strength along with like some sort of mystic ability to uh shapeshift or make people do things he wants them to do do you think funeral homes in like are afraid to hire very tall people because of this movie? <laughs> no, I don't know. Mike Mike Salito was a funeral director. <laughs> how how tall is Salito? He's six three. He's two inches taller than me. Yeah, but we both were doing the funeral director thing. It's really funny. You're six one. I'm six one, man. Six one. I'm I'm slightly big. <laughs> six six one two twenty seven. Yeah. I don't know. You want to fight me? No. Are you picking your nose with my... No, I'm not <laughs> resting it. So this next scene is, is pretty funny to me, and it reminds me of the ground round that was in Hicksville, the psychic <laughs> scene. The ground round. <laughs> so it's like this rundown old house with a sign with... I guess it was a hand with something on the palm. I don't know. It's supposed to be like a, a psychic or yeah. whatever type deal. 
But Mike knocks on the door and a younger girl answers. And Mike asks her if her grandmother's home. She's like, yeah, of course. Come on in. So they, he's been here. Come on in. Yeah, he's been here a bunch. Um, the interior of the house is like incredibly 70s. Yeah. Like it's it's screaming 70s. So, and this definitely was somebody that they knew. Like this yeah. was definitely their house. Even if I walked into that house back in the 70s, I'd go, this is too much. Yeah. This is this is too much. Yeah. Even now. Even for now. So they're talking and it's like, oh, like, tell grandma that what's uh, bothering you and all that. And he's Mike's worried that Jody's going to leave him. And they kind of have this flashback of him like working on the car and uh, one of Jody's friends, I guess, comes to see him. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to leave him at his aunt's house. He's 13 now. You know, I'm going to miss him. So he hears him saying that, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to just dump this kid. He's like, did they ever say what he really is? They like imply that he's like some sort of like musician i guess yeah because right he's like oh you're on the road or whatever right doesn't he say something they imply like that? that he's like oh, like he is an artist like some kind of like like performance yeah he yeah. does he does something but um the psychic eventually says um that if jody leaves mike's gonna go with him yeah now this see like this is why i want the longer cut of this movie because like I guess they kind of are together throughout the whole series. Yeah. Because even throughout the later ones, like, his brother is in it. Mm -hmm. But um, I would like to, like, have this, you know, uh, it's there's pieces missing. But Mike also tells her about what he saw at Morningside Cemetery with the tall man picking up the thing. And he said that it really freaked him out. Yeah. But... I always loved the part where the tall man like made him crash his bike. Yeah, I always thought that was really funny. It's a really, it's a pretty good stunt. Yeah. Like you, the the guy goes down. He really goes. You could see him crash it. But uh, instead of any answers, she goes like, "Oh, I want to, I want to try something. Put your hand in the box, Michael." <laughs> Michael, put your hand in the box. And Michael. this is like the scene. Michael. You ever see Dune? Yes. You've seen Dune. Yeah. This is like a rip off of Dune. They do this in that movie, don't they? I, I guess it's the same, right? It's close enough. I think they do. But um, Mike puts like his hand in the box and he starts fucking like freaking out. And he says like it hurts. And the psychic's granddaughter, I guess, keeps saying, don't fear, Michael. Don't fear. Fear is the killer. So this they're setting up for something later in the movie. But it's not even like a major thing. Yeah. It's like two little things that this like will end up Don't spoil it. referencing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm gonna spoil it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's spoil it. thirty nine years old. Okay. It's forty almost. <laughs> but what's really weird is when Mike goes to leave, like the old woman starts like maniacally laughing. Like why is she laughing like that? Because they shot this on weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> So they show the psychic girl, the little girl, well, not little, she's like a teenager also, uh, walking into the cemetery. And she's like dressed in like white. And I don't know why she'd be doing this, but she has flowers with her, I believe. Yes, she has flowers. But Reggie and Jody are playing a song on the porch. Do you like the song that they're playing when they're jamming out? <laughs> when, when Jody has that dumb fucking hat on, the bowler hat on? This is a weird. Yeah, we're hot as love. I'm gonna play that whole. I'm gonna play that whole section for you guys because I just want to hear it again. Cue music. Do 
just a sitting here at midnight. And I've been sitting here till noon. You see, my lady left me lonely. Yes, she did. Baby left me blue. When they're done, they make it a real point to show Reggie using the tuning fork and like the resonating tuning fork, and then him stopping it. And they really like make a point of this. Yeah. So this will be another. Take a thing. look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make guys sure, like foresha- foreshadowing. Make sure you remember Foy? this. Want some so foreshadowing? They flash back to the psychic girl in the mausoleum, and they see her walk towards this door, and they pull away, kind of, and she screams. So she's dead too now. She walked right into that, but that's going to be like a major point of the movie, also later. Not her dying, but just where she died. Yes. Um, this bar scene is great because they play a phantasm theme, but it's disco. I, I kind of like how they keep on. I like how they keep on using the phantasm theme in but different it's changed. styles. Yeah, yeah that's it's how, cool. Yeah, that it works too because a lot of times you can't even tell what it is. Yeah. But this they like really go off and they they play yeah. like it, I would like. I think if you play this off the record, it's a couple minutes long. It's not. Really? Not too long. Yeah, it's not very short. Can you pass me the record? I, mean, I just want to see what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the all the, oh, that's the that's the videotape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you the had, videotape. <laughs> no, I was just seeing. So they have all the different phantasm themes in like recorded in Italy. <laughs> of course, it Italy. Is. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. It, it, oh well, the titles are all. I, I get it. Okay, so it would be Inferno. Yeah. Right. Right. It would be. This would be the Inferno one. That song? I'm just guessing. Uh, what's it say? Cemetery. No. Cemetery. Um, the, track five. I don't know. Probably. I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I'm wrong. It says right here, Phantasm, Silver, Sapphire, Disco. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. it. But um. Sorry, I thought Disco Inferno. <laughs> but uh, this dude, the bar that they go into looks like a fucking like Montauk Towny bar. Yeah, I've been in a bar that looked yeah. like this. It's. Were it's, you with us for that one? Yes, we were. We that was in two thousand ten. Yeah, we all got diarrhea. The guy, the guy was. Dancing. Yeah, yeah, the guy was dancing. Yeah, what's which way Where's is the, the diner? diner? Oh, it's that way. I went back to that. Well, I, I try to find. I can't Playing find like fu- fucking disco. I in can't the find that fucking place anymore. I would love to because it probably got fucking destroyed in the hurricane. Well, I go, I go to Montauk a lot now, and there's still a lot of cool towny bars. We gotta are, find that place. I would love well, to go well, back. Well, after my the rehearsal dinner is gonna be at like some hotel, but the the after party for the day we're gonna go to like just a random towny bar at that place. There. If we could find it, the guy's still working. Hey, so we heard diners around here. Yeah, it's that way. You guys all want fucking ice from a bucket? I'll take a soda. Great. Just reach your hand in that cooler back there. What? So Jody meets the lady in Lavender. It's the same woman from the beginning that killed Tommy. Yeah. And they leave the bar immediately. He like picks her up immediately, dude. And they're like, oh, walking somewhere. Because I guess that's what you do when you're in the desert. Because that's what it looks like. Dude, there's a lot of like traveling on foot in this movie. 
But Mike, of course, follows him because he's kind of a creep. And they walk to Morningside Cemetery, of course, like where, you know, you just were for a funeral for your buddy. But um, Jody and the woman start making out. And, dude, this next part I always find really, really, really funny. She, like, pulls her boobs out and Jody goes, wow. And then Mike also goes, wow <laughs> that's that's another good scene there there's a lot of comedy in this and it really works because it's like subtle things that are like semi-realistic while mike's spying on him um he starts hearing these animal noises again like the same ones that they've been hearing all throughout the movie and things moving in the bushes and finally one rushes for him and it looks like a jawas like scurrying towards him and he runs screaming and Jody says a really funny thing after he like puts his head up and he's got underwear in his mouth. But uh, he says a really funny thing. He's like, oh, wait here. It's my little brother. I think he has some sort of a problem. And he goes running after Mike. Um, Mike starts explaining and you know he's not going to believe him because they never do. This is the, well, this is 1979, almost the 80s. Nobody ever believes kids. Yeah. But Mike starts explaining to Jody what happened, and Jody says it's probably just a gopher in heat. Yeah. What, like, a weird... Yeah, and, like, Mike's, like, freaking out. He's like, no, it wasn't no gopher. Goddamn gopher, yeah. lady. And uh, I think he says it wasn't It wasn't a goddamn gopher. I think he does yeah. say something like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I always find this funny, too, is that Jody throws Mike the keys to the Barracuda. He's like fucking. He, he's so young, so goddamn young. He's gonna give him this car to drive that, like, obviously he's had work done to it. Yeah, I don't know how safe that is, but um, Jody sends him off, and when he goes back to the cemetery to go find his girlfriend pal, she's gone. So this woman obviously is some sort of ghost or otherworldly being. Yeah. But after this, now the next scene, this is like a, I guess you could say one of the more iconic scenes in the movie. And it's Mike having the nightmare of the tall man like above him. And he's in this bed, but he's in the graveyard. And the zombies like come out from the ground and grab him. This is, this is, I would say, one of the more iconic scenes of this film. This is the scene I always think about. Right? Yeah, yeah. And is this the first time that you hear him say, like, boy? I think so. Right? Where he's like, boy. <laughs> but it's the next day, and Jody goes back to the bar, and Mike's following him, of course, and uh, they show him a little bit later, like, walking down the Main Street, and it looks like Main Street Disney here. But uh, he sees the tall man walking across the street and he stops when he reaches Reggie's ice cream truck and he like reacts really oddly to his um to like the cold air coming out of the freezer he puts his hands up to it and like kind of makes a face and then keeps walking and Mike's really fucking bothered by this sight but he I guess kind of has do they even really use the cold in this movie do they use the uh, or is that in like the later ones? I don't remember the second one as much. I know that was the next one I saw. Yeah, I don't think they really use that in here. Yeah. But um, Jody's asking the bartender if the girl came back last night. She didn't. So 
she just disappeared. She's she's some sort of phantom. Yeah. So Mike's working on the car and he's underneath it in the garage and it's on like those big jack stands. It looks yeah. super unsafe how it is, but whatever. And he starts hearing the noises and it starts rocking back and forth and he sees the feet of the little Jawa dwarf creatures. And eventually the car comes off the jacks and just slams on the ground. And what's really funny is it reminded me that there was a time in my life that I could fit under a car. Remember like a ball or something would go under yeah. your car and you'd have to like climb underneath and like I would ne- I would fucking have a mental breakdown doing that now. But he swings his hammer when he sees movement and he ends up hitting Jody in the foot. And Jody makes like a really funny like ah face. Yeah. Like a really exaggerated like ouch face. And Mike is really just shook by this and he's trying to tell him no there were things in here they were trying to kill me and jody comes back with are you sure it wasn't the retarded kid timmy from down the street <sighs> jody 100 not buying any of this yeah. shit he thinks he like walks out he's like oh, crazy or he calls him some fucking name but they show mike in his room and he's like strapping this huge hunting knife to his leg, his ankle, and he's got those like seventies gym socks on. And Mike's basically going into the funeral home to try to get proof of whatever's going on. And this like there's a there's a lot of him running down the street and then playing the theme of the of the movie. Yeah. And every time they do it, I really I really like it. But Mike breaks into the funeral home through a basement window, and he doesn't do it quietly. He, like, kicks this fucking thing open, and it's Wakes super... Wakes the dead. Yeah, it's super fucking loud. And Mike's exploring the funeral home, and he hears someone coming, so he's forced to jump into a casket. <laughs> Would you be able to jump into a casket? No. Oh, it's very easy, man. I, I've done it. I've been Is it comfy? Yeah, not really. It's not made for you to, like, really give a fuck how it feels. Uh, you're killing me. But... Yeah. Well, you're already dead if you're in there. My, my my back is killing me in here. So as this like man zombie guy approaches the tall uh man zombie man chomsky. <laughs> so as this like man zombie guy approaches uh the tall man opens the door and he just turns around immediately and walks out. Yeah. So he he gets a he gets pretty lucky with this one. But he goes into the mausoleum and he starts hearing these noises. So he begins yeah. to, he starts running. He knows something's up. But he, this is the first time we see the sphere, right? Mm. And he he starts running from the sphere. And this that like zombie caretaker, whatever the hell he is, guy grabs him. And you see the sphere coming towards him and he bites him and ducks. And the sphere embeds itself into this guy's head. Yeah. This is awesome. It starts just drilling into a skull and shooting blood like everywhere, like a hose. And eventually, once this guy's dead, and I guess he's empty of blood, uh, you see him laying on the floor and you see like a little puddle of piss coming out from his pants. <laughs> That's what they, at first, I was like, oh, is that like yellow blood? And then I'm like, wait, no, they showed red blood coming out of yeah. him before. But um, this is now the first time you know that there's something else going on here, like something super otherworldly. And it's really weird because it's like these balls are almost like they have like a mind of their own almost. Because why would they kill 
somebody on their side. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. After he sees this happen, um, he starts kind of walking away, but he has his first real confrontation with the tall man. And they have this really weird, like, back and forth, right? Where, like, they're kind of stepping closer and further from each other. And eventually the tall man starts to run after him. And uh, he manages to run to the room that he came in and he slams the door shut and the tall man's fingers were in the door. And he thought of a pretty smart thing. He cut the finger off and he took it with him. Yeah. But um, right after this happens, though, he's attacked by a dwarf, but he manages to escape. And they show him at home after this sleeping on the stairs with a shotgun with the box like moving in front of him. So Jody sees him. I guess he wakes up and uh, he was going to the bathroom or whatever. And he empties the shotgun. And what I liked is that they actually had the shells in the shotgun. That was pretty good. Yeah. But uh, Mike shows Jody the box with the finger. And usually in these movies, like they'll go to open the box and whatever's in there is gone and there's nothing in there. But this time there's actually a moving finger. And Mike immediately. Uh, fuck. See, I told you I fuck up their names. Yeah. Dude. Wow. But uh, Jody eventually sees this finger and he's like, yeah, I believe you. And he's immediately on board to go do something about this. Um, Mike fills in Jody about all this shit. And he tells him about like the tall man lifting the casket. And Mike and Jody's saying that, oh, that thing weighed 500 pounds. I lifted it myself. And Mike goes to get the finger upstairs because they're going to leave and I guess tell the sheriff. But he realizes something's off. Um, the finger actually turned into like this shitty looking fly bug monster thing but the fake fighting that they do with it when they get it caught in like the shirt is great and there's some behind yeah. the scenes footage of, it's, it almost looks like Super 8 footage of them doing this little routine and it's so funny and it actually really works but Reggie comes over at this point and he's basically wanting he wants Mike to work with him for like the summer or whatever and He's like, well, he can tell something's up and he sees the fly come out of the garbage disposal yeah. that they tried to use. And uh, he's like fucking shook. He's he's on the floor. He can't believe yeah. what he saw. But um, they eventually kill this fly and you see them like arming themselves now. And Jody gives Mike a shotgun. The little kid gets the shotgun while Mike gets the 45. But uh, he tells Mike, you don't aim a gun at a man unless you plan to shoot him. And you don't shoot a man unless you plan to kill him. No warning shots. Warning shots are bullshit. Holy shit. You shoot to kill or you don't shoot at all. And it's like a pretty cool scene. It's like really like amping you up. And eventually Jody goes and he's going to go check out the funeral home without Mike. But of course, this is, you know, that never really works out. But Jody goes through the window that Mike went through and he's immediately attacked by the dwarf. He like unloads a ton of rounds into this fucking thing and he eventually is able to escape. We see the hearse lights though start up outside when he starts running away from the building. Yeah. He actually like takes a couple shots at it and it like leave and it goes by him. It doesn't stop for him, right? It, it passes him, I think. But we see another set of headlights coming, and it turns out to be the Barracuda, but they do this really funny, like I guess, like shtick, 
where it's like, oh, Mike, is it you? Like, who's who is it? Who is it? And then like the door eventually opens, and he's like, oh, goddamn door latch, <laughs> and it's like, oh, the door's broken. That's why he was like leaning over, and you yeah. couldn't see him. But um, we see the hearse come back. And now he's coming after him, and they're like, "Oh, there's nobody driving this." They say that a couple times, but um, eventually Jody starts sh- like fucking unloading with the shotgun, and it eventually crashes like into a tree, I guess. Yeah, because the thing is impaled. Yeah. Uh, they turn around and they investigate the crash, and they see that it's the Tommy fucking dwarf impaled on like this giant branch of a tree. <laughs> So they have this really cool scene here. Like it's almost like the only person moving is Jody and Mike yeah. is kind of sitting there like static. static. Yeah, exactly. And it's him speaking on the phone to Reggie in like a in a phone booth, but you see like the cars parked next to the phone booth. It's like really cool. It looks like it's, it's like in the it. desert somewhere yeah. or whatever. But he's like, "Oh, like you you have to come here and and you have to bring your truck too." So Reggie comes with his ice cream truck and they're putting Tommy's body into the truck. Basically, I guess they wanted to keep it on ice or they, maybe the cold, they know it's supposed to help, but it really doesn't do anything against the dwarf because yeah. well, you'll see in a little bit, but they regroup back at, um, the Pearson residence, Jody and Mike's house. Pearson's. <laughs> we get this really weird jump scare though, from like a maid or like a cleaning lady that's in the house. I think it was well placed though. After, yeah, after was, what you just saw. Yeah, that was just really funny. Kind of, you're already on she, But age. she's like yeah. there, and then she's gone. They don't do anything else. She was just that. there for the jump scare. Yeah, but they're talking about what they're gonna do and like what the dwarfs are and all this shit. And Mike has like this really good question that like a kid would ask in this situation. What about mom and dad? They're up there. Yeah. So that's like a looming question, like, oh, Ooh. did he take my like my parents' bodies also? And this they sh- they call back to this later also, but they basically say that they got to do something about this guy, they got to kill him, but they have no idea because this sucker's strong, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jody's gonna take Mike to Sally's, like it's like this antique store, and. He figures that, oh, like, he'll be safe at this place. But really, there is no place to be safe. But Mike's walking around the store looking at things, and he sees this old photo, and it's the tall man on, like, this old horse-drawn carriage, like, the funeral carriage. And the photo comes alive, and it looks at him, and it freaks Mike the fuck out. He's like, I gotta go home. They did a lot with this budget, though. Yeah, he did a lot. Yeah, a lot of people probably, like, like hooked him up with, oh, I'll do this. It's, like, a cool idea and all that shit. But Reggie's driving, and they have this lit really cool, too. Like, it's, like, super dark in the back, and you only really see him, like, with the light from the dashboard on him. Yeah. But the dwarf wakes up, and you start hearing him bang around in the back. So we have another really cool dream sequence after this, and it's Jody dreaming of the tall man coming towards him in the mausoleum, and a bunch of arms grab him from the crypt and drag him into it. This is another really cool visual. Yeah. So they show Sally and Susie um, taking Mike home, and they come across Reggie's truck, and it's turned over, and it's lit. This is another really well-lit scene, but um, Mike realizes that the dwarf escaped the back of the truck, and he runs back to the car because he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here, and they start hearing the noises outside. 
the car eventually is overrun with the dwarves. Yeah. And I always found it funny that Mike is basically thrown out the back window, like choked out the back window yeah. by one of these things. And the car drives off with the girl screaming. They show flashes of Mike's and like Mike's face like against the floor and Jody at home looking really like fucking like disturbed by something. Do you think that like he can see this happening? Like I he's think got so. like a telepathic link to him. Yeah. But eventually um Mike runs home and busts through the door and Jody knows something's up immediately because he because Mike's really frantic and he actually takes yeah. the beer and starts drinking it before he, he talks about anything but he says that the tall man got Reggie um, the tall man got Sally and Susie and Jody basically says you have to stay here I'm going to do something about this yeah. and Jody locks Mike in his room and like sticks a screwdriver in the door to kind of jam it shut and Mike's screaming you're never coming back don't leave me alone and this kind of calls yeah. back, I think, to the ending. Like, this is something you got to remember at the end. Um, Mike rigs this, like, IED with a shotgun shell and a nail and all this shit or a pin, whatever. Very he, um, Kevin McAllister. Yeah, he blows a hole in the door so he can reach his hand out and let himself yeah. out. And just before he's about to run outside, the tall man shows up and grabs him. And he, like, picks him up. He, like... It, they do a good job showing that this guy's like super strong and all this, but he throws Mike in the back of his hearse and he pulls away towards the cemetery. Mike at this point, realizing that he still has a gun on him, <laughs> shoots out the back window and he shoots out the tire, which is pretty smart. And yeah. the, the car starts going out of control. He jumps out the back window of a moving vehicle. That's probably going pretty fast just before it crashes into a pole of some sort and explodes. A lot of crashing into random shit. Yeah, you know what? They, they make cars explode in a lot of the movies. I think in part two, they make a car. They yeah. make the Barracuda explode in part two. Barracuda. Yeah, that's just the dog tap dancing on around the room. They have a really cool scene here um, where it's the camera's in the crypt facing out towards Jody, and he's taking the crypt cover off. And he's going to look to see if his parents are still in the caskets. Mm -hmm. But he can't seem to do it. Or at least they don't show us. And he says something like, oh, well, he has to be in there. And we get some silver ball action here. They have like the red and black vision. It looks pretty cool. And Mike um, is now in the mausoleum. And he opens his parents' casket and sees that there's nothing in there. His parents were taken this is that would imagine seeing that like that would fuck that's like really a psychological yeah. thing you know that'll that'll fuck you up also but the ball starts coming after mike and just in time jody shows up and shoots it with a shotgun mike said that he saw this door and he knew something's definitely behind it this is that door that the psychic girl was right in front of before she died before as they approach this door, we get this little jump scare by Reggie where he just shows up out of nowhere and he said that he found the girls and let them escape. So I guess that's Susie and Sally and some other people. He said they ran away like scared rabbits. <laughs> um, they go into this room and it's basically a big white room filled with these black barrels and these two metal rods in the middle that are, I guess, 
I don't know if they could tell that they're resonating, but they're, you know, they're vibrating and there's this weird yeah. hum coming from it. But they see that there's dwarves in the barrels. There's like a little like peephole on it. But Mike realizes that the poles do something. And this is the callback to the box where, you know, he puts his hand in. He puts his hand between these two poles and it disappears. And eventually it actually just sucks it in, uh, sucks him in. And it's this really cool scene of him like falling through this red cloudy like sky. It's really this is another like really good yeah. um, visual. And this is actually like part of the cover art. That's this is like the scene of him falling, yeah. you know, with the red. But he sees what's going on on the and that it's another planet through these two or another dimension, at least through these two forks. And the dwarves are there basically being slaves. They're dwarf yeah. slaves and slaves dwarves. <laughs> and he says, Little like, people. yeah, well, I don't know what these things are, but um, he says that they're they crush him because of the gravity and the heat which i don't know if that really makes sense yeah, but either no. way i'll take it and the lights turn off and jody is separated from mike and reggie they're all now in completely different places they show jody's outside they show reggie's still in the room mike's yeah. also like running around and reggie gets a flash of like the tuning fork in his head and he like walks over to the two poles and he puts his hands on them and stops them from resonating. And you hear this like really weird noise and it stops. And it's very like, a um, like it sounds like he did something wrong, right? It makes this very yeah. like a weird noise, but Jody's outside and he's being watched by the woman in lavender. But as soon as Reggie put his hands on the forks, she's like startled almost. And I guess, you know, it's like all hands on deck. Something's wrong. But um, we're, we're starting to get this really like high pitched like drone. And it's like crescendo. It's like it's, yeah. it's like you know, it's getting louder and louder and louder. And we see that there's this crazy fucking wind, like gale force wind happening. And Reggie's now outside and he finds the lady in lavender and she's laying on the ground. It looks like she's hurt. But when he goes to help her, she stabs him also. <laughs> and he makes a really weird face when he gets stabbed. But her face turns in um, into the tall man again. So Reggie's dead and they leave him there. They say like, I'll leave him. He's dead. There's nothing we can do. But Mike finds Jody and as Jody. Reggie's dying on the front lawn, uh, the house like disappears into this like green flash of light and Mike and Jody escape in the car right yeah they escape because they go back home or whatever but um, Jody tells Mike about like a mine shaft and he says like oh Reggie will be the last one he ever gets yeah. so it's personal now and Mike's locking up the house while Jody's getting everything together and he's attacked by the tall man and they actually do like a semi Suspiria lighting here yeah. when he appears outside the door it's like that bluish influence. light yeah. but um, this is another one of those iconic scenes is Mike running away while like the theme plays and he's attacked by the zombie hands like in the mud these like tombstones come up yeah. from out of the ground and then you see um, the lady in lavender and she's got this like dagger she's like twisting this dagger but he's doing the whole no fear thing. Yeah. And he runs by them all. 
and he's kind of catching his breath and the tall man appears out of these bushes it's like a it's like a like a big maze of fucking brush or whatever but mike's running towards the mine shaft and he actually tricks the tall man into running into their trap and he falls down the mine shaft and right after he falls down jody's in the car pushing those rocks down the hill yeah and they all fall into the pit and you hear like this noise coming from it and i guess the tall man is temporarily buried yes um they have like also this really cool shot with jody like standing on the hill in front of the car lights with his hands up which like it's i guess it's supposed to you know the next couple scenes now you'll you'll see why i think this is pretty interesting but we see mike waking up in his bed and we have reggie and mike sitting in front of this fire talking and reggie's saying it was just it's just a nightmare Jody died in a car wreck and they like show all these flashbacks of him at the cemetery, this and that. It's like a completely different cemetery too, I think. Right. And, um, Reggie's alive. So he's the one that's still actually alive. And Mike says he knows those rocks won't hold him. He got mom and dad, then Jody. And now I'm next or now he's going to get me. And he keeps saying like, it seems so real. So they're saying that this whole thing was some sort of dream or, you know what what was real what, what was, was a dream real, yeah what yeah and reggie says uh they're gonna go on a road trip so you know something you know it'll get his mind off of this whole thing because now that jody's jody died what a week ago i guess yeah and reggie starts playing the song that he was playing with jody so like that's actually real oh, yeah what is real, what's not real. Yeah, yeah. Well, then also, Mike's looking at this picture of Jody upstairs, and he's got this little, like, fluffy white dog, and he's wearing the hat, I think. Yeah. But um, when he looks up and turns around, the tall man's in the mirror, and, and he fucking... These hands come out of the mirror and grab him, and you hear the boy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the theme hits, and it's like a black background. Such a good part, yeah. Dude, black background with red font for yeah. the, the credits. Awesome. It was great. You could tell it was influenced by Spirit a bit with, yeah. the, with some of the, the coloring. Anthony. It's a great ending. So now that we just spoke about the movie, because I don't want to... I don't want to fuck this up too much because sometimes we forget. I'm going to read the back of the box and you tell me if this is accurate to the movie, all right? Because this movie doesn't really make too much sense, so we'll see. When two brothers uncover the startling secret of the living dead following the murder of their friend, what seems like a horrible, unending nightmare becomes terrifying reality. A mortuaries and bombing cellar is the site for supernatural evil, including a floating sphere with razor-sharp protruding daggers which seeks out victims and drains the blood from their heads. As the brothers learn more and more about what is really going on at Morningside Cemetery, they get deeper into trouble until it may be too late to escape. Yeah, I think it, it yeah, nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Fucking nailed it. So... Anthony, in the coffin. Oh, yeah. So, Anthony, out of uh, 10 500-pound coffins, what do you give this? 500-pound <laughs> coffins? Yeah. I'll, gi- I'll give it 10 500-pound yeah, coffins. Yeah, per- this, this is awesome. This Perfect is 10. So now, there's a lot to be said about like this movie. Like, Is there a deeper meaning? What, what actually is real? Now, you haven't really seen 
I've more than this. So, you know, it's it does get very confusing later on in the series. Like about, a lot of horror movie sequels. Yeah. <laughs> but in part two, Reggie's family is killed by the tall man. Remember, he blows up the house. And Mike, you know, had to go to a mental institution after this. It's pretty yeah. fucked up. But this movie's really good. Um, part two is really good. Part three is okay. Part four is okay. And then Ravager part five. It's it's pretty okay also. It's yeah. like it's like in line with three, four, and five. But part one and two are cool. Part two is more of an action movie. Yeah. But you could tell that there's a higher budget, or at least it appears that yeah. there's a higher budget. But it probably has the best budget of all of them in the series. Yeah. But they also have I like the characters, the Gravers. Yeah. In, the Gravers. In part two, that's like the ones with the gas mask that yeah. like dig up the bodies. But this movie, like it, it is really cool, and I feel like it is very genuine, and I feel like. Um, the guy that made it, Don Cuscarelli, like yeah. really put a lot of himself, tell. like it's put, really put a lot of himself into this, and maybe things is, that he th- went through as a kid, or the ending is so good. Yeah, and you know what? I don't mind when they do things like this. Like, oh, it was a dream. When the whole movie is almost like you're in a dream state. Yeah, exactly. Because when they're at the psychic's house, like the box that he puts his hand in, literally appears and disappears. Like it dissipates into air. Yeah. So it's everything is kind of like, you know, fucked up. It's this whole series though there is a supernatural element to it in part two he's got like the link with his um with that girl who like they've been dreaming about each other like forever yeah. and then his brother comes back as a sphere and all this shit that jody is really dead and reggie was the one that was alive but what's funny is that reggie dies in the dream and i i wonder if that's what he wishes happened yeah you know what i mean that his brother was the one that survived and all that shit but um also like with him saying like i like don't leave you're never gonna come back like i wonder if that was something like oh i'll be right back yeah kind of and like that was something he said to him before he died in the car crash or whatever yeah i don't know there's a lot that you know i would love to sit down and like talk to this guy even if he just straight lied to me about you know what what he was thinking about when writing just sit down with me and talk yeah just tell me what i want to hear have a have an entomans donut yeah But this movie, this is really good. I really highly advise it. I advise you to also download or find the soundtrack and listen to that. There's a lot of modern pressings of this that you could find in, in you know on the internet, on eBay. I think Waxworks did one, I believe. I have one from somebody yeah. else. I don't know. It's not as cool as this. But um, So, Anthony, are we going to continue on with our uh, family-oriented November if holiday? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we need to do something that is about family. Yes. Now, we obviously are going to do Blood Rage for Thanksgiving. We said that already. Or maybe, I don't know, but we're going to do that. So now we... Did we do Blood Rage already? No. We didn't? No. Oh, Oh, yeah, no. No. Um, So we need one that is family-oriented. And I was thinking that why don't we do zombie okay because it has to do with family yeah she's looking for her dad and you like zombie i love zombie and it would be a very good episode for me to do i'm down and uh there's a lot of information out there about it i'm down to do zombie it's so movie. anthony is there anything else that you would like to say or talk about uh no um i'm down for zombie can't wait to do it um, this one was fun. This movie is probably one of, um, I guess, 
less obscure movies he was on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm nothing real. And Anthony, um, I was looking. Are we finally are able to see our ratings on? iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Five star rating. Thank you very much for people that are giving us positive response to the podcast. If you could just um, like, listen, subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> five yeah. star reviews really help us out a lot. Yeah, I think that makes us go up higher on the it does. Uh, on the listing. Right, it does a it does a lot. If you just like, if you like it, give us a rating and tell tell your friends. Tell your friends about me. Yeah, tell your friends about us. We uh we will be doing more stuff. We're gonna start getting out there, going to some conventions, going to some yeah. things. We have some some things lined up for December that we'll announce as soon yes, as we can. Which, which is funny how it came together. That was yeah, really funny. yeah, that's really yeah. funny. Uh, if you have any suggestions for us, you could email us at badtastevideoshow at gmail If you want to suggest a movie, suggest us some music to listen to. Suggest yes. us anything. Anything. Yeah. Restaurants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram at Bad Taste Video, where I post all our thoughts, videos, pictures. It's a swamp thing. Yeah. It's a fucking swamp thing. It's a fucking swamp. I keep on forgetting. It's a fucking swamp I don't swamp really thing. do anything on there. Though. I mostly just post from our Instagram. Yeah. So if you're doing anything on there. It's basically you're, the same. Yeah, you're, you're speaking to me if you speak to that Instagram yeah. account. Um, Anthony, at Apecini, if you have any video needs, please... Contact him, please. I need money. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to feed me. He's got to buy pepperoni pizza so I, for I, wrestling events. Yes, yes. <laughs> I need it. So, Anthony, I think I'm going to close this show instead of our music. Did disco I'm, music? No, I'm oh. going to put. I'm going to put fucking Intomb Left Hand Path. Everybody, just listen <laughs> to the end. Okay, and you'll, and you'll hear the Phantasm theme played by a bunch of Swedes. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> All right, this has been another Bad Taste Video podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey!